what a disparity between the prizes in this pageant. It's like a $5,000 first prize and third prize is two Tuesday or Thursday matinee <laughs> movie tickets. But second place, which Joey wins, is a gift card to Betty's Hair Barn. Yeah. Do you think she ever used it? No. I would rather the movie tickets. <laughs> oh, Dawson, look, there's your mom. Back to you, Bob. Hello and welcome to Back to You, Bob, Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 112, Pretty Woman, also known as Beauty Contest. The episode we've all been waiting for. We all know where we were the night Joey Potter sang on my own. How could you ever forget? And if you don't remember, I don't know, get your life together. (laughs) It's our generation's moon landing. (laughs) I thought you were going to say Challenger. Same thing. Our generation's JFK assassination. <laughs> if I if I do say. I remember being in my bedroom watching this. Oh, I and I Literally. loved it. Loved. Wished DVR was a thing. <laughs> Didn't even know. You recorded on VHS, right? Yeah, I had every episode of Dawson's Creek on VHS. What's the Dawson's drink? This week we are drinking the lipstick memory. The recipe comes from Epicurious. It is Two and a half ounces of sparkling wine, an ounce and a half of Campari, an ounce of cran rosemary juice. The recipe will tell you how to make that. And then you can garnish it with a rosemary sprig. I was really excited to try this drink. For me, it's too bitter. I was expecting the bitterness from the Campari. But what I didn't expect is that the cran rosemary juice is also really bitter so it's just bitter on bitter it's too much it's too much i'm drinking it don't get me wrong well as we said last week there were we were torn between actually three cocktails there is a cocktail called uh les miserables and there was another one the william wallace and all three pertain to this episode we don't like this one so let's post all three recipes yeah take a look at all of them and decide We'll post all three and it'll be like a choose your own adventure. Love that. Do you want to tell us what the episode's about? So in this episode, everyone's buzzing that it's Miss Windjammer Week. And Miss Windjammer is an event at the local yacht club that culminates with the beauty contest dinner where they name a winner. And as Joey says, it usually goes to whichever rich daughter in town they decide to give it to that year. When it comes to the dynamics of the group, Jen and Joey decide that they're going to pursue a friendship now that Dawson isn't an obstacle for them anymore. Joey makes several dispersing remarks about her looks. And Jen tells Joey that she's gorgeous and she was always afraid that Dawson was going to realize how gorgeous Joey was. And Jen says she'll help Joey with her self-esteem issues. Back to the Miss Windjammer stuff, Gail is a judge for the competition and she's arranged for Dawson to cover the pageant for the local news station she works at. The winner receives $5,000 in a trip to New York City. Now Joey, as we know, is very desperate for scholarship money for college and she decides to enter the contest at Jen's urging. Jen volunteers to coach Joey since she has an extensive history of competing in pageants in New York. Pacey, meanwhile, got into a huge fight with his father, and he is looking for a bachelor pad. His dad has agreed to emancipate him, but he can't afford anything, so he decides to buck the system and enter the pageant, which is usually reserved for women, 
but there's nothing in the bylaws that says he can't compete. So he's also allowed in. Dawson's really excited because Pacey wanting to compete in this has blown the whole thing wide open. This could be more than just a blip on the local news. As Mitch says, Pacey is challenging social stereotypes, and this could be a big opportunity. It might even be on CNN. But when Dawson finds out about Joey being in the competition, he laughs and he says this isn't her at all, which does not make her feel great. We meet two other competitors in the competition, Hannah Von Wenning, who's in town from her Connecticut boarding school, and Roberta Crump, who's very sweet and wants to do the Peace Corps. Throughout the episode, Jen is coaching Joey, and she really likes that they're bonding since she never had any close girlfriends, and she assumes that Joey hasn't either. Jen says she's not in a hurry to get back together with Dawson because she knows he's not going anywhere and she knows where he lives. And while Dawson, meanwhile, tells Pacey that trying to win Jen back has become more of a hobby now than it is a real interest, and he doesn't really see Joey as anything more than a sister. So Pacey says it doesn't make sense that Dawson doesn't want Joey, but doesn't want anyone else to have her either, referencing a few episodes ago when Pacey asked permission to kiss Joey and Dawson said no. So the night of the pageant, Dawson is blown away by how good Joey looks. And Pacey tells Jen that she may have done her fairy godmother job a little too well. Maybe Prince Charming has found the owner of the glass slipper and it might be Joey. This conversation rattles Jen. So Pacey talks to Gail, who's a judge, and he learns that he never really had a shot at winning this. Gail says everyone here would rather burn the place to the ground than make a man a winner here. And so he decides to basically tank the competition. And He does a monologue from Braveheart where he calls everyone in the room idiots and he says there's nothing more priceless than his freedom. Joey, meanwhile, sings On My Own from Les Miserables in a very famous scene and she knocks it out of the park. It's during this performance that Dawson sees her differently. Afterwards... Joey overhears Hannah and another competitor talking trash about her, saying she's a charity case and if she wins, it'll be a pity vote and how her dad's in jail. Her sister just had an illegitimate baby and her mom is dead. Joey's really upset and she wants to quit, but Dawson redeems himself here and convinces her to stay in. And he says they're obviously scared of how good she is. When the results come in, Hannah wins third place, Joey wins second, and Roberta Crump takes the crown. Pacey comforts Hannah and they actually have a moment where she stops being so terrible and admits she's also the black sheep of her family, and they bond. Jen, meanwhile, watches Joey and Dawson walk off together. Dawson says he feels like he's seeing Joey for the first time tonight. He's in awe of her. But Joey doesn't like this. She says something isn't right. She thought this is what she wanted. She thought she wanted him to look at her the way he looks at Jen. But she realizes now that she doesn't. She wants him to look at her and see who she's always been and realize that what they have is more than just these passing feelings he gets for women like Jen. Because tonight, all of this is just hairspray and it's just lipstick. Back at home, Jen apologizes to Dawson for never really giving their relationship much of a chance and never really giving him a reason for their breakup. She says she wants to get back together with him. And Dawson shocks her and all of us when he says that it's not a good time and he's not interested in getting back together with her right now. At the end of the episode, Joey's alone. She's in her room. She's looking in the mirror, she's taking her hair down, and she smiles, giving us a hint that she maybe sees herself differently now and has made some strides in seeing herself as pretty and beautiful. Her confidence is growing right before our eyes. Her confidence is growing, and God, this episode really changed everything. Cemented in the minds of millennials everywhere. I just love Cape Side. I just love Cape Side. Same. I have a lot to say about it. But for now... Let's thank Dana Barada for writing this episode. She co-wrote episode five. If you want to hear more about her, you can go back and listen to that episode. We talked about her. She also co-wrote episode 108, and she will be back next episode co-writing the finale. This episode was really well written because they just placed enough information. You heard snippets about Roberta Crump the whole episode, and it was more mm -hmm. of like an overlap with the scene that was coming before or after. 
Like she sits down in the chair. She mentions wanting to do Peace Corps. And then Joey gets up or sits down. It's just little bits you hear the whole episode. And then she's named the winner at the end. So you're really happy for her. And the references to previous episodes also made me happy. When Pacey was talking about why he needed money. And he said he got in a horrible fight with his dad. Because his dad heard about how they skipped school and went to Providence in episode 109. And his dad heard that he was failing biology, the marine biology. And Dawson says, and I'm sure he wasn't, you know, thrilled that you stole the car, which is a reference to last one. So all those little references I thought were really smart choices. She could have made random things up as to why Pacey needed money or why Pacey was fighting with his dad, rather. But she went to the well and picked things that all work. I think the bantery dialogue between Pacey and Hannah was also really good. It was a good exchange. It gave us exposition. It gave us... Yeah, we got a lot of info without it being shoved down our throats. Yes, it was pipe, which is means background information that you have to get out for the viewer to understand the episode. They call it pipe. She gave the pipe in a very funny, well-hidden, interesting way. Yeah, I'll touch on it later, but the Roberta Crump stuff, I feel like it was so little, like you were saying, but it was so impactful. By the end of the episode, when they said she was the winner, I was so happy. I was like, oh, she deserves it. And I don't know her. You like, you barely get snippets of her, but I was so happy that it was her. The first time around, I'm sure I wanted Joey to win, but I wasn't upset that it was her. You're okay with Joey getting second and this girl winning, which proves how you know effective and well done it was. This episode was directed by Arvin Brown. He is another accomplished TV director coming through the show. He did Picket Fences, Party of Five, Roswell, Allie McBeal, The Practice, Crossing Jordan, Everwood, The Closer. He did 24 episodes of NCIS. And yeah, just another straight across the plate. Like he did one episode of basically everything in the 90s and 2000s. So if you give him a Google, I'm sure you'll see something that you've watched and loved. Yeah, all my favorite shows he did. Yeah, Party of Five. I mean, I feel like Almost every director this season has also directed an episode of Party of Five. The crossover is crazy. It makes sense, though, because back in the episode one, they wanted Dawson's Creek to compete with 90210, right? Which was a very hyperbolic, unrealistic, unrelatable representation of teenagers. And they wanted Mm -hmm. Dawson's to be very relatable, grounded. And I feel as though Party of Five is a very grounded, relatable show. It shows the struggles of growing up, not the glitzy glamour. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you want to do a guest cast shout out? Yes. Who are we going to shout it out to? Guest cast shout out for this one, I think, needs to go to Lori Rom, who plays Hannah Von Wenning. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned in your recap, she comes in as this character who we're led to believe has an established relationship with our characters. I don't know. I think all around she did a really good job. Her career is mostly one episode here, one episode there. As we talked about, a lot of actors and actresses make an amazing living that way. She was in an episode of Party of Five, CSI, House, Cold Case, and CIS, and CIS LA. The thing I found most interesting about her is she was in the unaired pilot of Charmed playing Phoebe, Phoebe Hallowell. And then it was hard for me to tell the timeline, but she pulled herself out of the show. And no one has ever really talked about exactly why that happened. There's a lot of speculation. And the biggest rumor that seems to have been picked up and like spread around is that she did it for her own personal religious reasons. Hmm. But the show then obviously went on 
to air for eight seasons and they got Alyssa Milano to play her character and it was super successful. So it's kind of a mystery. She's never spoken out about it. And the creator of the show only said that it was her decision, Lori's decision to leave. Wow. Can you imagine? Pretty crazy. I feel bad for her. I'm getting, I'm projecting anxiety onto her. The good news is she's a great little actress. She was really good in this episode. Yeah. First of all, she doesn't have that many scenes. And it's not, they gave her a good little arc. They gave her, she came in as the snobby bickering of Pacey, talking down to him, looking down on him. And by the end, she reveals this part of herself that makes her a little more vulnerable and likable, which is her parents couldn't even make the time to come in to see her compete. They got the dates wrong. And so she's in for her spring break, but they had the dates wrong. So they're not here. And it's not easy to do that little journey. She also didn't overdo the like nasty mean girl thing. I felt like she was really pretty good. Her and Pacey's bickering left me kind of wanting a little bit more. Not romantically, but just more of her. It is a little curious. Why didn't they bring her back? Because they teased some type of thing with Pacey. They said that they had a date in sixth grade, but she stood him up. And then they obviously were bonding at the end. It does feel like they were setting something up, but she never comes back. I wonder if she comes back in one of the books. Did you ever read the books? We've never talked about the books yet. I have no idea what you're talking about. They used to put out these books that were like supplemental. They never figured into the story. So you could watch the show and you you would be fine. But if you read the books, it gives you a little extra something. I think I read the first two. What are you talking about? They published them like you bought them at a bookstore? Yeah. They were these little like summer stories almost. Most similar to the episode with Anderson Crawford. You know, Joey sees this guy she likes for the summer, but nothing happens. And Dawson's pining over something with Jen, but it doesn't affect the show. It was just, mm-hmm. it was all bonus stuff. I had no idea that this existed. Anyway, it feels like maybe Hannah would pop up in something like that. or But we also said that about Mary Beth from episode 110, Double Date. We wanted her to pop up. Yeah. Music? Music. Oh my gosh, such good music in this one. What sticks out for you? What sticks out for me is right when Pacey walks on stage. Yeah. Whoa. When you reach for him. That song is called Fall from Grace by Amanda Marshall. Love it. Love it. And the other song is when Dawson and Joey first start talking at the end of the episode. And he's in awe of her beauty. Do you know who sings it? I feel like you're good at this. Is it Jan Arden or Chantal Kreviazuk? It is Chantal (laughs) Kreviazuk. It's called Surrounded by Chantal Kreviazuk. She had some bangers on Dawson's. She really did. The other one that stood out to me is it goes right from that Amanda Marshall song when Pacey's on stage to like the talent montage. And it's a song called Superman by Goldfinger. It's like a little ska, like upbeat song. Yeah, it's for the talent montage. And of course, obviously, on my own, Bikini Homes. <laughs> yeah, obviously. We hear the original recording and then we get a playback at the end. I know. That was amazing. That was an amazing moment. <laughs> you, you just hear it in the distance, her singing it. It starts in the Dawson oh, scene, doesn't my it? Own. Can you imagine being the person who made the call? Because I'm sure they were like, in the script, I'm sure it said, Joey sings song you know they have to the producer usually gets a list of songs that can be used mm-hmm. can you imagine being the person that picked on my own they changed the course of television history forever 
iconic. And they introduced Les Mis to a whole group of teenagers. I was obsessed with that song after this episode. Yeah, I can tell you that I went on a field trip to see Les Mis and I didn't care about it. I sat through the whole thing. It was awful. Saw this. Heavens. You were like, I got to go back to see that play again. (laughs) Les Mis needs a retroactive Tony. So thank you to whoever chose the song. We are changed. (laughs) Do you want to do past versus present? It seemed like you had something on your little yellow notebook. Past versus present. You know, in my mind, this episode always was really shallow, which obviously is Joey's point at the end. The only reason you see me now is because I'm beautiful and Mm -hmm. this is all superficial. It's not real. This isn't who I am. But I think looking at it now as an older person, I think there's a distinction between you see someone do something really out of their comfort zone and really brave for them and something you would never do. And you get really impressed by them and it makes you see them differently. Like you just think that that's really cool. You're really proud of that person. In my head for 25 years, this episode had a very shallow connotation, which I think is the intended connotation, which is he sees a very polished version of her. So he starts to see the attraction now. But I think there's an argument to be made that he just saw her conquer something she would never do. And that is what made her more attractive as well. That's really interesting. And I think there's truth in that. But he's stupid and he's 15. So he's not going to know how to verbalize that. He probably doesn't even realize that's what it is. (laughs) Something that I've always found interesting in relationships is when you see that person who you know so intimately, like literally a significant other, when you see that person in a different environment, like a work environment or somewhere where they're doing something that you don't see them do every day and there's like a skill involved, you're like, whoa, like, I don't know. I get like taken aback sometimes like, oh, I didn't know you did that or you could do that, you know, like, oh, I didn't know there was this side to you. When you see someone in their work setting that you've never seen them before, it's bizarre, whether it's like a partner or, you know, a friend, it's everyone has a work voice and a work persona that they take on. Yeah. But it is jarring. I remember at the start of pandemic, that was a virally TikTok thing. People seeing their (gasps) partner on Zooms in their work persona. And yeah, it's, it's, it could be very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my main thing. You know, I think you see things. A little differently. Putting yourself in Dawson's shoes, I guess, I was thinking, is it just the physical? Or did he just see her sing in front of people, compete, do things she would never normally do, hear horrible things about herself, and decide to finish it? You know, there's something like there's something that's very impressive about that. And I think the physical probably helped a little bit, like the fact that she looked a little bit different, kind of not even, of course, he was attracted to her, but I feel like it separated her a little bit from the Joey that he knew, like enough for him to really pay attention. He doesn't see her as a sister anymore, as he said. Yeah, exactly. What's your past versus present? So this is not at all story related, but this episode specifically made me realize how much Cape Side reminds me of the town that I live in. I live in this little sleepy fisherman town that in the summer explodes with people with summer homes and tourists and whatever. But when they're sitting at the ice house and it's like a little old dock restaurant setting with the boats in the background and the houses in the background, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I live. 
And then I was like, did I manifest this for myself? Is this my cape sign? Maybe. Do you have a rowboat? I'm going to get one. I will end up in the ocean. <laughs> I will be on the 10 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news, whenever. So the 24 hour news cycle will be all about me. <laughs> I think it's so cute. I'm so jealous because I always have been fascinated by little Cape side shore towns and seaside towns. That's all I had. Oh, the actually, I have one more thing. We touched on it a little bit. In the last episode, so Mitch and Gail, we talked about how they likely have a 9 of 13 contract. But for me, in watching this episode, I'm guessing that they just tied the two of them together in the writer's room. They were like, if Mitch is in, if Gail is in the episode, Mitch is in the episode. Because Mitch really did not need to be in this episode. Gail, it makes sense that she was a judge. I think it's a little bit of a conflict of interest that she's judging her son's two best friends, but whatever. Absolutely. But Mitch is just in one scene where Pacey is auditioning different talents for Dawson and Mitch is there as well. I don't know. I found that interesting. It does make you wonder if he was in the background at the pageant and we just didn't see him. I was thinking that too. I was like, if they if they paid him for the episode, why didn't they plant him in the pageant? Right. That's a good question. Yes, it does feel like if they were going to pay Mitch for the episode, they should have used him more. Or don't put him in the episode. But also, it just all worked, you know? Oh, totally. No, I didn't even question it then. It's just now with this, like, more of a business mindset uh, was curious to me. Anyway, that's all I had. It would never happen now. But does that make you wonder if TV was better then because they had the money and they didn't care and now you would never pay someone and not use them? Yeah. I mean, there are certainly times in shows that I have produced where I'm like, why are we not spending this very small amount of money, this drop in the bucket compared to the entire budget to make a good story decision? Yeah. It's all about money, maybe. Somebody, somebody's paid the big bucks to make those decisions. It's not me, I guess. Totally. And they make the big bucks because they know how to save bucks. So That's it. Speaking of bucks, we are announcing our Patreon no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, we are. God no. Who would pay to who would pay to hear us? Should we open it up? Let's open this episode up. Where do you want to start? Well, this is a grievance that I bring up regularly, but Pacey is back at the yellow locker this episode. He has gone oh. from the blue to the yellow to the blue, and now he is back at the yellow. They give no cares about continuity question yes. is it possible that they're using the same set of lockers but they're painting it every time they shoot no because the hallway is different the hallway is different this time it is a different hallway so your theory of maybe they didn't have access to the same hallway if it's a real school or whatever that holds some water but the one time it was the same exact hallway and they were just shooting on the opposite side anyway I'll I'll get off my soapbox, but I just had to say it out loud. Was the Patriots flag going the same way it was last? I, I would guess. I didn't okay. side by side. Well, heavens. This is a PSA that whatever your job is, you should do it well. Because let me tell you, I've been dealing with some people who are very bad at their jobs lately. A lot of quiet quitters out there. Yeah, just doing the bare minimum. Just leave. Okay. Let <laughs> just other, let other proper people... quit. <laughs> Okay, the first thing I wrote 
great episode for Pacey and Dawson. I thought it was really cute how encouraging Dawson was. He tried to talk Pacey down from making a fool out of himself or blowing up the competition. He wanted him to take it seriously earlier in the episode. And he also offered to let Pacey sleep at his house if he couldn't take his dad or he needed a break from his dad. So I just thought it was a really cute episode for the friendship. I liked that when he was like, what are we doing? You don't have the money for this. Just come stay at my house. I also loved, as much as I just said, I don't understand why Mitch is in this episode. I really did like that little scene with the three of them. It was very cute. Yeah, that was cute. Especially because we know from the scene before, Pacey doesn't get along with his dad that well. Cute that he had that little father figure to try out his talents. And there was a weird statue of a lady coming out of the Leary mantle. Did you notice? Yeah, it was like a cherub mermaid situation or something. <laughs> yeah. it was so weird. Must have been a Mitch purchase. Maybe it's for his restaurant. Oh, R.I.P. Kelp. I wrote down Joey to me in this episode is giving me young Kendall Jenner vibes like she's just tall and skinny and a little awkward and a little tomboyish and Jen's like you're so pretty and she's like no I'm not and I'm like no you're literally a supermodel you're just wearing a baggy sweater like what are you doing I laughed when you said tall is she tall is Joey Joey (laughs) because they say it 40 times this episode they just think I'm tall (laughs) for the first reference is really funny It's when Jen says to Joey, you know, you're really pretty, you're gorgeous. And Joey says, when guys look at you, they think, oh, what a babe. (laughs) When they look at me, they think, hey, she's tall. (laughs) There's a reference in the middle. And then at the end, she says to Dawson, I'll always be the too tall girl from the wrong side of the creek. And I can't tell tell you how often I quote that in my day-to-day life over the last 25 years. (laughs) I'll always be the too tall girl from the wrong side of the creek. Sometimes I just say it to myself. <laughs> so she's not that tall. I just looked it up. <laughs> that tall. She's 5'9". She's, she's not, not that tall. That tall. Maybe it was it wasn't so much that it's all not true. It's just that this is what she believes of herself. Maybe people in town do think she's pretty and gorgeous and all of these things. Maybe they think she's an appropriate height. <laughs> But this is just what her self-image is. Life is all about the story that you tell yourself, you know? That's it. So when you first mentioned this, you were saying you just thought it was weird that Joey is gorgeous (laughs) and she's just wearing baggy clothes. No, I was saying she was giving me Kendall Jenner vibes. (laughs) Right. Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner. You know, like, you know, early Kardashian season, she was like a little tomboy. She still is a little tomboyish. Yeah, and, and a little nervous and awkward. I see it, actually. I see that. She's just so tall, you know. This episode is very un-PC. It would not pass the woke test. Oh, yeah. They say the R word at one point. Mm -hmm. During the uh, Dawson's interviewing the girls for the judges. And the one girl says she wants to work with people who are in need. And she says that. Hannah accuses Pacey of being a pre-op transsexual. And... When Pacey, I didn't, so I watched it a few times. I watched one time with the captions. I did not notice when Pacey is arguing with the lady over the bylaws, when Dawson and Joey walk away and the camera follows Dawson and Joey, the lady says to Pacey, we don't know if you have a tendency to cross-dress. Really? Which I never noticed. Yes. No, I didn't either. And 
this isn't really that bad. But when Pacey's in the closet at the show and Dawson walks in the closet, you know, Pacey says, like, no coming out of the closet jokes. And Dawson says, I wouldn't. They're too obvious. Just, just got to mention it. We, we can't not mention it. <laughs> got to bring it up. It was very jarring when she said the R word. I was like, oh, very. is that something that you hear people say anymore? Mm-mm. There was a phrase that was uttered when Joey was confronting Dawson about laughing at her for entering the contest. Mm -hmm. And she says something like, what do you think some barking car chaser with the Julius Caesar haircut has a better chance of winning than me? Is she talking about Pacey? Yeah. She's calling him a dog with a Julius Caesar haircut. Yeah. So when she said it, I was like, Julius Caesar haircut. It really threw me because I thought they were on good terms. And I don't know why she was calling him a barking car chaser, but I don't know, but Dawson, what what's your take on Dawson in that scene or the whole that whole scene in general? I guess I don't think it's that bad, honestly, because I don't think he's saying he's she's not prettier. She should win a beauty contest. I think it's more she hates all of that. She hates all of the misogyny and all of that. I think the laughing is more in reaction to that she's doing something as a feminist that's so you know anti-feminist, and I don't think it has anything to do with her looks. So I'm not mad at him in this episode. Yeah, I think she definitely took it the wrong way. But I also feel like the fact, I don't know, I feel like she was so clearly perturbed by his reaction so quickly. And he just kind of kept laying into her. And I was like, Dawson, like, read the room. I feel like if my friend was doing something out of character and you could tell they were really feeling feelings about it, I'd be like, oh, what's going on? Why are we doing this? You know, and he's just like, ha ha ha. This is so crazy. I don't know. It just was annoying me in that scene. But unfortunately, Dawson just does not have a high EQ. He's just. No, he he really doesn't. He doesn't know how to read the room. And she, it was a very sensitive thing for her. So she felt like she was opening herself up and he laughed yeah. and she felt vulnerable and didn't like it. It was, it was a little bit of a misunderstanding, but he 1000% didn't read the room as usual. What else do you got? This is a requested topic. Do you think the singing is good? Do you think Katie Holmes' singing is good? Because the crowd is blown away. Everyone's blown away. No, I don't think the singing is good. <laughs> okay. Do you know enough about music and vocals that you could like say what Here's you don't like about it? Or do you? She, she's on key. Like she, she can hold a tune, which is probably why they said, we're going to make your talent singing. But she... She just kind of has this like baby voice. Like, I don't really know how to describe it. And then when she gets up into the higher stuff at the end, she, in the beginning, she does a good job of sustaining the notes. And then at the end, she's like, they're a little bit clipped, you know? And I think it was a little cruel, effective. 14-year-old me ate this up with a spoon. So sure. don't think that this is me hating on it. It's a little bit cruel, that they made they made her record and then they aired the entire song. Like, we're just with her. I timed it out because I was like, this feels like five minutes. But it was very close to what Jen said. Jen said, in two minutes and 35 seconds, it'll all be over. It was more like 2.45. <laughs> but I was like, this is a long time for a non-singer to be featured singing a song on a show. Do you think the singing is good? Sorry, I just rambled. I wouldn't think her singing is bad if it wasn't a topic that I know is debated. 
So watching it back, I think I interpreted it as not great because I've been told to not interpret it as great. But listening to it, I wouldn't know any better. I think it's good. Yeah, it's not bad. bad. Right. She wouldn't win American Idol, but she would maybe make the finals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. The final 12. I don't know about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> she wouldn't She wouldn't make it to Hollywood. She would maybe be on the auditions. Yeah. And they'd be like, that was really sweet. Go home and, and just keep working at it. <laughs> and they would be like, why do you love singing? And she'd be like, I sing when I'm rowing my boat down the creek. <laughs> no one's ever heard me sing before. I only sing to the creek. <laughs> I only sing at the Miss Windjammer pageant. <laughs> I could drop a bomb on you. So, you know... In your high school yearbook, when you do a quote for your senior portrait, I used Joey Potter's Q&A answer oh as my, my quote. However, thank God that year they decided not to do quotes. So they did a special senior edition version of the newspaper. And that's where our quotes were. So in my yearbook, there's no like trace of this. Thank God. Mm, but the whole thing. No matter where you go, big cities or small towns, you'll inevitably come across small minds, people who think they're better than you. I know someone, Sarah, from my high school listens, and I know she'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's how deep my love went. I changed my quote at the last minute because I was really annoyed at everyone. And and it is in my yearbook. And everyone was like, are you sure you want to change it? And I was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) And then you... Listen to Newfound Glory and Dashboard Confessional the whole way. <laughs> yeah, I did. Why did we all want to be so dramatic in those quotes? I don't know. Between yearbook quotes and away messages, I had a few years of drama. Few <laughs> years. One time I was having like a heated conversation with this guy I was in like a situationship with. And I was like, I- I'll be right back. And I put up an away message and it was a John Mayer quote, <laughs> which he's not even emo. But it was, let's bypass the bullshit and move on because the second hand moves faster than you think it does. Oh my God. <laughs> the lyrics in AIM Away Messages were just amazing. What was your screen name? Baby Blue 96. <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> Wasn't it Blue with a Z? No. <laughs> <laughs> baby blue not plural oh, okay okay <laughs> i thought it was gonna be b-l-u-z or b-l-u-e-z no i have tears on my glasses um i know i'm crying no the reason it was baby blue 96 is because i made it in 1996 so i was 11 and baby blue was my favorite color <laughs> so my screen name was baby blue 96 until i moved to la what was yours? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to say it. <laughs> Straight face. It's on dog. <laughs> but it was I-T-Z-A-W-N-D-A-W-G. <laughs> it's on dog. It's on dog. Between those two screen names, that was the late 90s, early 2000s in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, my God. Well... I I know I have the newspaper somewhere that has my bullet quote, but and every time I look through the yearbook and there's 
It's just people's names, no quote. I'm like, oh, thank God. They didn't put that there. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah. So I thought it was so funny. Did you notice they all talk about what they would say to world leaders if they had their, something like that. And Pacey says something. And then he says, or I would just tell them that I had naked photos. That, well, I forget what he says. Basically saying yeah. he bribed them. And then it cuts to two women who jump out of their seats and are clapping. And then it cuts to three old men in the corner who are also clapping, but have no expression on their face. Did you notice that? (laughs) I noticed. I didn't notice those two specifically, but the audience reactions are very funny. Those two specifically are hilarious to me. I, I rewound it a couple times. I'm like, who are these three men standing in the corner? And why are they like, they looked like they were so unhappy to be there, but they were clapping. It was so strange. After the girl says, I would teach them how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. They cut to a woman who's like genuinely pleased and happy with that answer. <laughs> so that was the one reaction I noticed, but the audience reactions are very funny. The only other thing I wrote down was what a disparity between the prizes in this pageant. It's like a $5,000 first prize and third prize is two Tuesday or Thursday matinee movie tickets. But second place, which Joey wins, is a gift card to Betty's Hair Barn. Yeah. Do you think she ever used it? No. I would rather the movie tickets. So I feel like Joey should be able to but it's a day it's a whole day of beauty. Yeah, it's true. Maybe she uses it. No, we know that she doesn't. I was gonna say. Never mind. She uses it for an event in the season two premiere, but I think she never uses it. I bet it's sitting in her d- top desk drawer, expired. <laughs> Betty's hair barn shut down during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really all I have. The only other I guess I remember, but I don't really remember that we hear on my own again at the end of the episode. I didn't remember. When it snuck back in, I was like, oh. It was a nice touch, I thought. It definitely connected the dots. It, it definitely was one of those things that takes you a little out of it because they've never done it before. It, it You're not going to watch it and not notice it. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, oh, they should have played like a real recording of the song, which feels like something that they would do like reference the song with her performance and then play the real song. But I don't know if you've listened to the original Broadway recording of that song. It is so Broadway and so like it wouldn't have worked. (laughs) So they didn't really have an option, I guess. (laughs) That's all I got. Should we talk about the Jen Dawson scene where it's... Yeah. She's basically asking for him to come back and he's... No, I'm good. Another reason that I was like, oh, he's so oblivious because she is so over the top all episode like trying to pin him down for a conversation and like planting these seeds of I want to have a conversation about our friendship and more than that and I miss you and you know to me it was very obvious what the conversation was going to be but also it's been four episodes of him being like trying to win her back and her resisting so when she comes to him and says I want a second chance he's he seemed genuinely shocked to me I think he was because he said Trying to win her back has become like a hobby. I think he just sees it as something he does, something that's part of his day, but it doesn't really yield any results. So I think for it to yield results, he was like, whoa. And he shut her down. He shut her down, which is the start of a new dynamic, which I think was very needed. 
this is the penultimate episode, so I feel like everything's lined up for a proper finale. Yeah, lots of balls in the air. Heading into the finale, we know Jen wants Dawson. Dawson is starting to want Joey. Joey wants Dawson. Joey wants to leave Cape Side. There's a lot of, they've set everything up. So headed into the finale, we're ready for those cliffhangers. Well, Creek Speak? Creek Speak. Well, Creek Speak, we have another voice note. <gasps> How exciting. Hey, Christina and Micah, this is Dave all the way over from England. I just wanted to send you a message to say you're, you're doing a great job with the podcast. It's a real pleasure to every week take a stroll down memory lane from this classic TV teen drama that we all enjoyed many years ago. Uh, there's a lot of other podcasts out there, actually, for Dawson's Creek, and I really feel like you guys have nailed it and is the only one that people should be listening to. Anyway, I'm Team Pacey all the way. The guy's too cool for school, right? But, um, you know, it wouldn't be Dawson's Creek without Dawson, would it? So there you go. Anyway, keep up the fantastic work, and I can't wait for the next episode already next week. So uh, all the best, guys. I love him. That is so cute. I love that. That is super cute. Like, I'm smiling so hard. It's so nice. All of our voice notes so far have been international. Who would have thought? I know. I love that our two voice notes have been international and have been Team Pacey. I love that we're hearing from guys about Dawson's Creek, you know? Yeah. It's obvious because you are a guy, but I didn't expect that we would hear from any guys. Yeah. So that's from Dave. Thanks, Dave. I get very excited when I see that there's a voice note on our podcast Instagram account. It's very exciting. It's so exciting. Please, if you feel so inclined, please leave us a voice note. Remember when we got the Creek Speak that said no more cursing and then we got Creek Speak in response to that Creek Speak. Yes. And he said, personally, I want more cursing from Barton. Yes. He yes. wrote us again and he said, Sorpot, who we mentioned in a prior Creek Speak in Dublin is actually the one who introduced me to your podcast. We were in school together. I've been living in Toronto the last six years and I have a toddler now. So staying in touch with lifelong friends at home can be tough. Back to Bob has been a great reason to touch base and chat about the latest ep. Cheers, Barry. That is so nice. That's super cute. That is awesome. Yes. That... And as I've said, you know, people that I've kept in touch with, but haven't really talked to, talked to from like high school and college. We've been talking about it. We've been watching the episodes together you know, through text and simulcasting. And it's fun to reconnect to people that were in your life at that time. It's awesome. That like melted my heart. That's so awesome. Yeah. I didn't read that to you prior, did I? No. Have any of your friends from high school reached out to you? Yeah. I have a couple friends watching Jess and Caitlin specifically listening. I know that they're listening. I don't know if they're watching. I know Jess rewatched a few years ago and they're liking the pod. Just just jogged a memory in me for some reason. I remember <laughs> we used to also love Alan McBeal, which came up before because that the director did this. And there was one night where I didn't watch Alan McBeal. I recorded it and, you know, planning to watch it the next day after school. I must have had a project or something to do that day. So I skipped it. And on the bus ride to school, you know, she always had morning radio on. And they said, Ally McBeal, you know, God, can you believe they killed off Billy? <laughs> and Billy was like her main love interest, you know, like seasons like one through five or whatever. And I, I have a very vivid memory of being on the bus and listening to the radio that the bus driver was playing and just being like, wait, what? <laughs> that sucks. 
Yeah, because that came out of nowhere. Just he just died, and it wasn't you know pre spoiler internet. You know, yeah. no one knew. So it was one of those big shocking TV events. They just that assumed the next morning. Yeah, yeah, with appointment TV that everyone who was going to watch had watched. Anyway, trauma. I never rode the bus again. <laughs> and that's why I have panic attacks when I see school buses. <laughs> oh, that's all I got for Creek Speak. That was heartwarming. I loved it. Please keep commenting, sending messages, and give us some Creek Speak content. What you watching? What you watching? So I just been selling Sunset yesterday, this weekend. I mean, give it an Emmy. Give it all the Emmys. It's a new season. New season. So staged and scripted, but just so good. I think that might be it as far as new things. I think I'm watching all the same things that I talked about last time. The Diplomat. I know one thing that you watched that I also watched is Queer Eye. Queer Eye. So good. The New Orleans yeah. season that just came new out. New season. Yeah. Very good. A little short season. I think seven episodes. They still got it. The last two seasons have been really strong. It really still packs a good laugh and a good cry. But afterwards, you feel, don't you feel like you could just conquer the world? It makes you want to clean your house. It makes you want to work out. It makes you want to get a haircut. It makes you want to shave, do all these things. It makes me want to have them do all that stuff for me. It makes me want a whole new wardrobe. It makes me want someone to tell me how to dress my body. It makes me want someone to come in and be like, I see you. Your trauma is this. Let me fix it for you. <laughs> so here's a question. If you yeah. won a contest... From Netflix. That was you get to pick one of them to come and do your life Ooh. over. What would you what would you pick? Who would you pick? I feel like it's a little unbalanced because Jonathan and Anthony, it's like I'm not gonna pick either one of them because I feel like the payoff isn't as big as the others. See, Karamo appears to be some sort of emotional ninja. He's also not licensed. He's not like, he doesn't actually know what he's doing. <laughs> he's just really good at like, he's the opposite of Dawson. He knows how to read the room. I don't know. I've met Karamo because Karamo was on a show yes. I worked on. He's very friendly. And I did want to tell, he was very warm. I did want to tell him all my problems. Same with Tan, I guess. Like, I really want someone to tell me how to dress my body. I really, really do. But a wardrobe doesn't cost as much as a complete house makeover. So I got to get rid of him. So this is where I think where, so you, you're a homeowner. So you went to, if Bobby redid my space, you know, that's like an investment yeah. for you. I'm renting. <laughs> I don't know if people really want to hear True. any of this about our lives. I would probably pick Tan just because that's my dream. Just someone to just like, no, look, can you imagine someone who just like takes your measurements, Ugh. talks to you about your style, and then just fills your closet with things that you know are going to fit. You don't try anything on, you know. However, if I own property, then I would do Bobby because those makeovers yeah. are insane. Another thing that I binged, I haven't finished the second season, but is Single Drunk Female, which I think- So good. Is, yeah, so good. So easily digestible. It's a freeform show. You can watch it on yes. Hulu. I think it's just a really good show. I really like the characters. It goes by really quickly. Yeah, I know the, I worked with and I'm friends with the creator and I know she was very adamant about putting things from her life in it and having it be true to the experience. So. Yeah, well, apparently it worked. It's great. Season two now is all, it all aired on Freeform and it's all on Hulu now and it is very funny. I really like her friend, Felicia. So it's like basically about a woman who lives in New York 
going crazy, drinking a lot. She realizes that she needs to make a change while she actually legally is required to go to rehab, I think, or she she has to make a change and get sober and moves back home to Boston. A lot of it's about her making amends with people from her past. And I think, I think I saw an interview where the creator Simone said, First season is about her dealing with her sobriety. And then season two, I think she said, is about her living with sobriety. Like she's she's in the mm-hmm. lifestyle in season two. So she's more in the mix. Her mom is played by Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club. And there's a Breakfast Club reunion on season two. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I haven't. I think that's really it for me. I, I did Queer Eye and I've been watching that and Succession still, obviously. And American Idol. The winner has been crowned. No spoilers. Know, it was your guy. It was your guy. You could say it because this will air a week after, and right? It was Ian Tongi. We probably just Ally McBeald someone right now. My God, someone's <laughs> the bus driver is listening to Back to You, Bob, and some little kid is so upset. Oh gosh, and we haven't even talked about Survivor yet. We're we're in a Survivor pool where we each we have are. survivors, and then the winner you kind of draft who you want, and then throw in money. You know who listens to the pod? Ally, the head of our Survivor pool. Yes, she organizes it. She does a fantastic job. It's been about a decade running, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Survivor. I'm still in it. And to bring it back to Dawson's Creek, Mike White. Well, what's the Dawson's Drink for next week? The finale, our final episode, season one. Next week's episode is called Breaking Away, and we will be drinking the French 75. You will need gin, lemon juice, Simple syrup, champagne, and a lemon twist. Is the original title and the new titles Breaking Away? The original title is Breaking Away. The revised title is Decisions. Really on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate the new titles. I think that's it. We will see you all next week for the finale. Do I feel sad? I just got a little choked up. It feels weird that we're on 13 already. I mean, we only have 111 left. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.